Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, let's continue our series about living in God's promise of wealth. So far, we've learned six things. And number one was, we can't live in God's promise of wealth if we don't believe that God wants us to prosper. Right? It's going to be impossible. Because chances are, someone's taught you that God wants you to be poor. Anybody want to admit to that? Yeah? Well, that's hogwash. The only one who wants you to be poor is Satan. How many of you guys have a little bit of a struggle? Like, you're getting there, but it's like, uh, I know God wants me to prosper. I'm just having a hard time getting it to drop in. If you're there, just keep, keep pressing into it because it will drop in. All right, number two, wealth only comes to those who serve others well. Yeah? You see, the amount of money you earn is in relation to the amount of value you add to those you are working for. How many of you guys appreciated that message? <laughs> Stomping on toes up here during that one. Number three, you, can't, you can get wealthy without God, but it comes with all kinds of ugly side effects. You sacrifice family. You sacrifice relationships. You sacrifice your integrity. It's just not worth it, right? It's not worth it. But God's wealth adds no sorrow to it. Amen. That's good stuff. And to live in God's wealth, you got to learn to move at his pace. And that's the main difference between the world's way of getting wealth and God's way of getting wealth. It's all about the pace. And if you want to learn more about pace, go look at how Jesus paced his life. He just wasn't in a hurry, y'all. Number four, God expects you to multiply. Those who multiply are good and faithful. Those who maintain, oh, should I even say it, are wicked and lazy. Number five, when you trust money, you will spend all your time meeting your own needs, and it'll keep you from wealth, right? But when you trust God, he's the one that makes sure that your needs are always met, so you can just focus on multiplying. Amen. All right, number six, you have to identify as wealthy before you become wealthy. Hmm, you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Your father is crazy wealthy, and everything that he has is yours. So you need to learn to identify as wealthy, even if your circumstances tell you you're not. Lean into your true identity. Well, this past Wednesday, I was uh, meeting with Tim Bell, and we had such a good discussion. It was so good, Tim was in tears. And not because I was telling a good story, it's because he was telling me a good story. (laughs) He was crying about his own story. And it's just, it's a revelation that he's had over the past six weeks regarding wealth and prosperity. And he's been on a journey for a long time, and you would look at him, you'd be like, man, he's got it all figured out. But he actually took a big leap just a few weeks ago, and he's going to tell us about that today. So... Tim, go ahead and come on up. He's got our message for today. Everybody, welcome Tim. For those of you that don't know, my name is Tim, and and I don't have a a title. I don't know how that happened. Why don't I have a title? Chris has a title. (laughs) All right, praise God. Here, let's real quick pray so I can just like uh, settle myself down here because I'm still wound up from from uh, praise and worship. I don't know about you guys. If I start to cry at any point in this, don't just ignore that. That's when the, unfortunately, well, I shouldn't say that, but God likes to manifest his, when when the anointing falls on me, I start to just 
tear up, and that's just how I am. Father, we just thank you and praise you that we can come here together in your name, Father. And Holy Spirit, we just ask that you open our hearts so that you can lead us in the way that we should view finances according to the way you want us to view finances. And boy, we appreciate you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> oh, that's handy. I just used my sleeve. That's why I had long sleeves today. Does it look kind of Christmassy? I thought the shirt was kind of Christmassy. I think I pretty much live out of the L.L. Bean catalog. I don't know how that works. Does that mean I'm real old, Mark? Is that what that is? If if you haven't noticed uh, Mark's T-shirt today, you ought to check it out. It's pretty funny. (laughs) All right. Hey, those of you who don't know that... uh, that gentleman in the back who's going to do put up the scripture for me is, is my son, Ethan. Uh, so here we go. I'm only going to do one scripture today. I know that's a little weird. And Mason, guess what? I'm going to try and stay in one place. I'm going to, usually he has to like go and like move around with me, but I'm going to try. And, and God is able to make all grace, which means every favor and earthly blessing, come to you in abundance. Okay, now here's the point. It comes to us in abundance, but then he tells us why. So that you may always and under all, how many circumstances? All of them. Okay, so we can't get, we can't get skimpy there, can we? All circumstances and whatever the need to be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every, for every good work and charitable donation. So clearly it's not for us. All right, so the revelation that we're talking about here, one day, uh, here lately, uh, Darla recently has, has wanted, she's got the vision to start her own PT clinic. I don't know how many of you know that. Uh, she specializes in women's health and pelvic floor, that kind of a thing, which is a really uh, underserved uh, physical therapy. So she wanted to open up her own building and all that sort of thing. Well, I that kind of is beyond the scope of my imagination <laughs> to own a building so that we can, you know, open up something like that. Uh, and so one day, uh, Darla was, she, to show you how wonderful Darla is, she actually makes my lunch for me every day. And as I'm leaving to go to get in my car, she hands it to me. <laughs> yeah. It has started already. All right, so... So as we as while we were standing there, frequently what will happen is we'll start speaking the word to each other to encourage each other and get ready for the day. And when we were speaking the word to each other that morning, uh, man, it just, I don't know what happened. We, uh, and the spirit fell on us and we we're just going and, and just lifting each other up and because we we were kind of lost in terms of this is beyond our scope, which you know how much Jesus loves for us to be beyond our scope, right? All right, so we're behind. We're in water way deeper than we're used to. And out of my mouth, from the Spirit, rose out of me, you're on offense now. Okay, so here we go again. Uh so being on offense, I'm like, what in the world does that even mean? Of course, when I was talking to Chris and Kay, they're like, well, you know what it means, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, thanks for telling me. But uh, no, I, I really didn't know what it meant. So I'm like, uh, so, you know, I'm driving all the way to work going on offense now. What in the world? What does that even mean? And so I got to studying with the Holy Spirit. I got to asking him, I'm like, what are you trying to tell me here? 
And he says, well, I want, what I want you to do now is to sit and look back at where you came from. So those of, most of you don't know that uh, some of you have met my dad before he went on home. Uh, he was a brilliant man in terms of, of flowing with the Holy Spirit and that sort of thing. He saw, he threw out demons. He saw people healed. He did all of these things. But the hole in his game was that he knew nothing about finances at all. He just didn't get it. And, uh, it, so he passed that on to me. <laughs> Uh, the first thing he did with me was he gave me debt. He said, all right, here's your car. Uh, you owe me 500 bucks. <laughs> all right, so I pretty much had debt from day one. And uh, now I'm not, I'm not belittling him. I mean, he thought he was doing a good thing for me, you know, teaching me that debt. And really, if, if, if you look at the world's, world's way of doing wealth, you, buy, you borrow. Okay, and that's just how it goes. So here we are. I'm going to outline for you stage one of where I was, all right? Stage one, I titled, Too Poor to Even Borrow. All right, see, that's where I was. Okay, I was too poor to even borrow. This, so we're looking about 40 years ago. It's taken me about 40 years to get to this point. And see if, see if, you, uh, if, if some of these things are familiar for you. For me, uh, doing the bills at this point was torture. Uh, because no matter how much I made, I was always one cycle behind on the electric or the gas bill. You know what I mean by one cycle behind? You're like about to be cut off, so you give them just enough to where you can't be cut off. And then you're just always one cycle behind. If you really were going to pay up to time, you would have to pay twice because really you're one cycle behind. Okay? So that's kind of where I was all the time. Okay, now here, uh, I didn't know any other way. Uh, And I hated Christmas. Because even if I got all caught up, and see if any of you all have felt this pressure, maybe feeling it now, I, I hated Christmas because as soon as I got all my bills caught up and I'm finally current, what happens? i got to put out huge outlay for presents, and now I'm further back behind than when I started. Okay, this is how most people without Jesus, this is how you're taught to live. A lot of people think that this is the only way you can live. A lot of people are mad at rich people because they're jealous and think that they can't get out of this spot that they're in. And then it's going to be their whole life that they're going to be check to check to check to check for the rest of their lives. And when the Bible says give, you think, how can I? I don't have enough. Uh, once I have enough, then I'll give. Okay, that's, that's where I was. And, of course, that doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Um, we, I, I mean, I'm a, a little embarrassed to, to say this. We used to have to strictly budget. Uh, I would give Darla a budget, and she'd go to the grocery store, uh, and Ethan was little then. So he would be on the calculator. On the, they used to remember the old school days when they had the calculator and on the thing, and you'd like point. So she'd actually go item by item, and then Ethan would punch in the numbers, and then at the end, they'd see if they were close. But it was still a little bit of a crapshoot because you got tax and stuff in there. So they'd get to the, how many of you have gotten all the way to checkout and have to put something back? Okay, this is not God's way of doing things at all. It, it, that's not how you do it. So this is too poor to even borrow. <laughs> no one even wants to give me money. 
I mean, you couldn't, you can't, there's nothing you can do. You're stuck. You're, you're hopeless. And this is where I was. So until I got to stage two, and I titled this, Begin to Tithe and to Serve. Okay. About three years into our marriage, we began to go to church and serve, which was good. And we were being obedient to where God was leading us. This is step one. If you want to get in to the provision of God and to see money start working in your life, you have to go where God is leaving, leading you to serve. Okay, And this is the beginning the beginning of, of, of us getting out of this, this having put stuff back in a hole, all right? We could tell that we're being led to tithe, but I didn't really want to, okay? I'm thinking, if I tithe, I just won't, I can't even pay bills now. What can I do? I couldn't even fill our gas tank all the way. In fact, every time someone tells me that they're running on half a tank of gas, I'm, my dad used to say, you realize, son, that running on the top side of your tank of gas works just as good as the bottom half. <laughs> Does that sound like a dad? Yeah. Well, and, uh, but my problem was is I couldn't give it and be happy about it. So the Holy Spirit said, I'll tell you what. How about if once a month you start with 20 bucks? Can you give that and be happy with that? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that, Father. I can do that. So we're going to church. We're, we're serving. We're doing the best we can. And I'm giving my $20 just like he instructed me to do. Immediately, things started to change. It was fast. That $20, all of my money was sure going a whole lot further than it used to. And this is the point where the once once we were doing that, eventually we got to the point where we could give the full ten percent tithe. Now I'm not gonna it's not a legalistic thing. You don't have to give ten percent. That was just how it is. You just work out with the whole the Father and the Holy Spirit how how He is instructing you to do. Remember step one, you have to do what you're led to do, and that's that's your job. So once we started doing this, we got enough money whether I could actually tithe the whole amount that he was asking from me, and be happy about it. And it felt good. Things were starting to look different. We upgraded our car. We had enough that our bills were... I was no longer on the backside of utilities. I was actually caught up. And this is the point where we were led to start giving beyond our tithe. We'd buy some groceries for people. We'd fill somebody's tank. But in the back of that, in my mind, I was still missing that 30 bucks. All right, so there it is. I mean, lots of you have probably been there where you'll give the money, and you're happy to, but at the same time, when you're doing bills the next day, you're going, you know what? That 30 bucks would kind of be handy about now. All right, now here we go into stage three. This is the next stage, and I hope you never do this. I went into stage three, which I've labeled borrowing to be free. Those of you who have been here, you know exactly the thought process that I'm, that I'm talking about. We're at a point now where we could pay our bills, but borrowing to consolidate our bills looked real good. All right, so I, here again, I had to unlearn my dad's lessons, all right? I borrowed thinking in 90 days, we'll have more than enough money to cover this. And that you realize that psychology, exactly why they have 90 days, same as cash, right? 
And guess what? If you're borrowing money, you're going to be just a big a hole when you get to that 90 days from now as you are now. So that it doesn't work. I borrowed way too much. Before I knew it, we were right back where I started budgeting to see what bill could wait. All right, so here we go. I'm right back where I started. Now I just have bigger bills. But I'm still tithing, and we're still serving. So God has something to work with on this. So I finally came to the point where I'm saying, Father, I can't do it. I can't do it. I am not sufficient to this task. I can't. I'm not good enough to make this happen. And I surrendered. I just said, Father, whatever, how, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it your way. I can't. I'm not. I don't know what I'm doing. And that is step two. Okay, remember, step one is do what you're supposed to be. Be where you're supposed to be. Serve where you're supposed to be. Step two is you can't do it. You got to surrender. There's no way around it. I was not my source. Okay, gentlemen, and some ladies, depending on how, you know, if you're, you're single, but... If you are under the impression that you are the breadwinner and the source for your household, you're not. You're not good enough for that. You're not big enough. Give it up. As soon as, in fact, I'll tell you something else. As soon as you figure out that you aren't the breadwinner for your household and that God is your source, oh, the pressure is off. You can breathe. The freedom, of course, now you're still doing step one and two, remember? You're still going, you're still serving, you're still tithing, you're still, you've surrendered though. You're like, Father, I'm in your spot, but I'm giving it all to you, and now it's your job. I'll do all my job, but now I'm depending on you. Now, since I called out to him and surrendered my financial position, his way of doing things, he began to show me how to budget and where to cut things. And I would, and I would, and I'd pray in the spirit while I was doing bills. Now I did all the bills just because I didn't want Darla to know or to worry how bad things were. <laughs> and I wanted to. She had plenty, so I mean, with Ethan and everything, I wanted. I pretty much wanted to just try and take that pressure off of her, where I didn't. I, I didn't. It wasn't that I was hiding. I mean, I'd show her any time that she would ask. I'd just be like, "You really want to know? <laughs> no, it's pretty bad. You know, it's awful." It's pretty bad. So, so what I would do then is, is I would pray when I was doing my bills, and I would, I would go, okay, Holy Spirit, I can't, you know, there's not enough here, so who do I short? Who do I skip? You know, I do that. And, and once I surrendered and the pressure was off, and I did the way he said to do his things and follow his instructions, I expected him to do his, and he did. All right, now we're, we're still, this has took me years. I've condensed all of this silliness and all of these mistakes, 20 years probably worth, into just that last few minutes. And now we're on stage four. All right, this is where I would title, Listen and Give. This is, this is, this is the next stage you have to hit. It doesn't have to be 30 years for everybody else to get to this stage. Uh, you know, if you're quick, if you're some of the young people, don't take this long. Amen. You know, maybe take a couple years, max. 
But uh, that's what took me. And as I began to budget correctly and pay off debt like he led me to, my finances started to look better in the natural. And this is when he began to work with my attitude of giving above and beyond and then not missing it. Remember me missing that 30 bucks? He waited a long time to circle back around and say, now, all right, we got to deal with this problem. This is when giving started to get fun. All right, this is when, when the rubber man, the road, and I'm finally, I'm surrendered, I'm doing my thing, he's moving through my finances. We're beginning to see divine income begin to happen. Uh, this encouraged us even more. Keep in mind our bills were being addressed, but we were pretty much still on a month-to-month basis with the paychecks. When we gave $100, that was quite a bit, you know, for us to give $100. But I no longer missed it. And here is requirement number three. I, I no longer wished that I had that money back and I was happy to give it. All right? So now what, what happens is, is that puts money where it belongs. It may, means that the other person in front of you is, is far more, I mean, is worth far more than whatever it is that you're giving them. They're more important than your budget. They're more important than what you make. So we were tithing, we were serving in our church, we were listening to God's leading, and we were were being obedient to give with a happy heart. Now again, this shouldn't have taken so long. So this is where my being on offense comes in. Okay, This is the stage where I am right now. That the Holy Spirit gave me that word when he said, you're now on offense. Okay, About 10 years after stage four, Darla and I were at the point where our bills were no longer a concern. All right, We, we weren't worried about our bills anymore. And I won't say that paying the bills was fun, <laughs> but I didn't have to you know, figure out who I was going to short that month. You know, I no longer had to be concerned with that. I could just, in fact, I could pay the bills at the beginning of the month for the whole month and not even think again about it. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, that is when we get back to that scripture that I was looking at is like above and beyond. I'm finally to the point where I'm seeing abundance. I'm finally to the point where I'm seeing above my bottom line that there's more. And we're starting to actually put it in the bank and have it sitting there. In fact, we couldn't even recall what days our paychecks fell on. We were getting to the point where we didn't even know anymore. Did you get paid? I don't know. What day is it? All right? That's a big shift. Now, I still have a monthly spreadsheet that I put all that stuff on. I mean, I could look and I could figure it out. But that's... And And here's a fun part. In fact, Darla and I rejoice in this every day. It got to the point where the Holy Spirit said, don't give Darla a budget anymore. So she she goes to the grocery store, and she gets whatever she wants, and she doesn't have to put anything back ever, unless it's a Snickers and it's not good for her. All right? And even then, sometimes not. So... And Christmas is fun again. And I never had to worry about something breaking or our budget. In fact, here's requirement number four. In fact, we now had a new lesson to learn. Don't put your faith in a big bank account. 
So now I couldn't, since I have peace now, it's real easy to look at that bank account and go, no, we got that money there. We don't have to worry about anything. And that's where our faith is. Now, a good way to learn this lesson is that God will start asking you to give an amount that deplete your account. If you can do this with a good attitude and willingly, it is great fun. We've been asked to give thousands of dollars now instead of hundreds. And since I no longer saw myself as the source, and since I knew God would simply give us more, I could give those thousands out of our bank account, even empty our bank account, and be thrilled to do it. So when she was in my in our garage, and she sees me off to work every morning, and we start speaking the word to each other, and before we knew it, the Holy Spirit was over us, and he said, you're on offense now. And I asked him, what do you mean, Father? Stages one through four are defensive postures. Stage one through four are you protecting your household and your finances and getting things into order. It's protecting what you already have. When you can see your father as your source, the owner and creator of all things, when you can follow his leading to be in the right place at the right time, and we can joyfully supply his saints with his miraculous provision because you know there's much more where that came from, then you can follow 2 Corinthians 9, 8 and experience abundance in all things. And that's playing offense. You're outwardly viewing instead of inwardly viewing. Now, there is no condemnation for steps one through four. Steps one through four have to happen. And I bet you most of you did it in a fraction of the time it took me. And I'm nothing special. There is nothing special about what I did or didn't do or what. I'm not super brilliant or anything like that. This is just how God requires you to work his word and to progress through it. Now, because of this, the prosperity message kind of gets a bad rap because it seems selfish. But if you look through steps five, it's not selfish. Two, it's a grit, get rich quick oriented. Oh, there's nothing quick. There's nothing quick about it, is there? And I'm not rich per se in the conventional sense. You know, I'm still going around with an empty bank account lots of times after I give, but it's always replenished and more than what I started gave. And then here's the big one. Most people think that number three is it doesn't work for me. Okay, it does work for you. It's just a long, drawn-out process. It's just not fun. But at all, if you follow those steps, if you go to where you're supposed to be, and you serve, and you follow him where he's supposed to be, and then I'm already forgetting the second one. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you give according to how he would have you give, if you give joyfully and not want that money back, all of these things, if you do those things, he's no respecter of persons. That is the prosperity message. It's how do we support people, and that's where it's at. Anyway, that is, wow, with two minutes to spare. That is how what God meant when he told me that now I'm on offense. And hallelujah. Hallelujah for that. 
And it wasn't me. It was nothing about me. There's nothing special about me. It was just that I was willing to step these things out. If any of you ever have any questions about specifics of those steps, I'm more than happy to tell you if you if you need it. Odds are you're past me on these things, and most of these things are going, woohoo, Tim finally figured it out. <laughs> so, uh, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and I praise you, and I thank you that you are a gentle and loving Abba Father, Father. And that as we submit to you, and that we do things your way, that you bless us just like we would love to bless our own children, Father. I thank you and praise you that you just bring revelation to all of us of how you would have us use your money and your resources and your love and your anointing as we go forward and into each of these different mountains of influence, Father. And we praise you and thank you that you are willing and able to finish the work that you've started in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.